0: Hallelujah. Thank you all again for being here today. I know there are a lot of people that are out traveling for uh, various graduations that are happening, uh, people out of town, and then a lot of people are just on vacation for Memorial Day weekend, and we understand that. And then a lot of people just stayed home, went to brunch. People, people have family come in town, so they family come in town, you don't go to church. They're watching online now, so they hear me. I'm talking about you. Yes, I'm talking about you. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 15, Do you have that? All right, let's all read that together. Ready, read. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. Father, I thank you for the word today that we're about to receive. I pray that each person that's under the sound of my voice hear Those watching and listening, Lord, now and in the future, that they will be blessed and receive from the word today. I ask you to give us uh, hearing ears, seeing eyes, which are both from you, so that we'll be blessed to gather what you have for us to receive today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. All right, praise the Lord. All right, now we've been talking about breaking evil cycles over our lives, right? Uh, Cycles of sickness and disease cycles of lack and poverty, cycles of spiritual failure. Yes. Uh, those are, those are uh, the three areas that were directly affected by the fall of Adam, right? When Adam sinned, when Adam fell, sickness and disease came into the world. When he fell, uh, lack and poverty came into the world. And when he fell, spiritual death came into the world. If Adam had not sinned, there would be none of that on this planet, and Adam would still be here, right? And if he lived in St. Petersburg, he'd be in this church. I know it. I know it. And so we're talking about breaking out of those cycles. Remember I gave you there are three forces that are um, powerful enough to break those cycles, right? One I gave you was the blood of Jesus. Secondly was what? The vow or sacrificial seed. And then the third one I gave you was what? The blessing. the blessing. The blessing of the Lord. Okay, so you and I are meant to be not in cycles of defeat, not in cycles of, of uh, failure, but cycles of success and cycles of victory. Right? All right, now I want you to look at a, at a scripture here. We we saw here, John 17, verse 15 and 16 in the message translation, please. John 17. Verse 15 and 16, because I want to make sure that you and I renew our minds to always expect something good to happen in our lives. Okay? Many people in the body of Christ, again, keep asking this question, why do bad things happen to good people? And the uh, better question would be, why do good things happen to bad people? That's the better question. Why they keep How come good things keep happening to bad people? Again, if you read Psalm 37, the entire psalm, Psalm 73, the entire psalm, you'll see that good things do indeed happen to bad people, but the psalmist said, but I see their end. There's an end to that, okay? So when we're asking why do bad things keep happening to good people, uh, we've been talking about because good people many times are not living their lives by the word of God. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with it today again on habits, breaking bad habits. This is part two. But there are three I'm going to talk about over this series here. Uh, we we dealt with breaking uh, breaking bad, right? So breaking bad habits today, today and last this past Wednesday. We're going to talk uh, this coming week on breaking bad associations. And then we're going to talk on breaking bad traditions. Because those are three key uh Areas, three, three things that keep the people of God trapped in cycles, cycles of defeat and failure. Uh, it's one, three of the things that keep uh, bad things happening to good people. Now, I've gone through great length when I taught on Breaking Bad two winters ago, right? To teach you that we should not ever be expecting bad to happen to us glory to God. I was meditating this morning. I was reading reading, and meditating Psalm 91 earlier this morning. And in Psalm 91 it says, no evil shall befall you. It doesn't, doesn't say that. In your Bible you can, I don't care what translation you read it's going to say something to the effect that no evil shall befall you or no evil shall happen to you. No evil shall come upon you. So I've, I'm just crazy enough to believe that if it says no evil then it meant no evil. And what's happened to the body of Christ, we, we take God's word and say it doesn't really mean that. It means something lesser than that. But no, it doesn't mean anything less than that. It means exactly what it says. When he says, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Why? For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So he has this whole uh, private uh, a security team. Around you to make sure evil doesn't happen to you. These guys are covenant enforcers around us to keep us. And the only thing that, that and the Bible says it in uh, 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 psalm, uh, psalm 1, uh, let's see, what psalm what is that, Lord? Glory to God. 103, it says that these angels, they give heed to the sound of his word. Psalm 103 right around verse 19 or 20 Verse 20 or so They give heed to the sound of his word So your word, God's word Is what enforces that coveted protection That's why back in Psalm 91 He said I will say of the Lord That's my confession. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. He's talking about I have to say something because when I say and release the word of God, those angels are under direct orders from God to secure me from all trouble and all alarm. Y'all hear me today. So I have no expectation of evil happening. My expectation is, Brother Chris, that something good is bound to happen to me. Say it, say something good, something good is bound to, to bound to happen to me. I'm talking about to me. I'm not talking about what you, now you, you can have your own expectation. If you want evil, you can have it. But I don't want an evil happening to me. Now, I can't help, help what happens to my cousin and to my friend. I'm talking about to me. So in John 17, right, in the message translation, I think I gave you verse uh, 15 and 16. Glory to God. Put it on the screen for me, please, please. It says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. This is Jesus Christ praying for me. I was going to say praying for you, but y'all not paying attention. He's praying for me. That, he, that God guards Jonathan, Marcus Anderson, and his wife and four children from the evil one. He says, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. So the world does not, does not define me, Pauline. So it doesn't matter what the world says what happens when you turn 40 and when you turn 60 and because you're black or because you're a woman or because you're a female or because you're white or because you're this, none of that matters to, to us because we're not defined by the world. We're defined by the kingdom of God. We're defined by the word. Say it, I'm defined by the word. Say it again, I'm defined by the word. Okay, so since I'm not defined by the world and I'm defined by the word, then I don't go by, and I have I don't have any expectation of what uh, happens in the world to happen to me. Everybody's panicking in, in Pinellas County because we having all these hepatitis A cases that's showing up uh, because at different restaurants. Oh God, I don't go to a restaurant. Well, you, okay, you don't know what's what's already happened before they report anything. You don't know who been in the, back, in the back with your steak, flipping it upside down, throwing it up against the ceiling, slamming it on the ground, squishing it around in the, in the suds. You don't know what they've been doing here for all this time. Haven't you been praying all this time? Y'all don't, y'all look. Haven't you been blessing your food all this time? I'm not digging into anything until I first say, Father, I just want to give you thanks. And I declare that you sanctify this food. Sanct food, you are sanctified. For the strength and nourishment of, of my body. Sickness and disease are far from me. I abide in divine health and divine life all the days of my life. Then I'm going to eat. Then I'm going to eat. Then I'm going to eat and enjoy with no regard for any germ or any virus on who did what and who got what and who went where and all that kind of stuff. They got roaches. I ain't listen. You don't know nothing about, you can't see what's going on behind them counters. Oh no, okay, this restaurant is super clean. But they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't grow the food. They got the food from Cisco or some supplier. Some, you don't know what happened in that factory somewhere. Stop worrying about all this stuff. You are not defined by the world. I think it was John G. Lake. I think it was John G. Lake. How many of y'all have heard of John G. Lake? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. None enough of y'all have heard of John G. Lake. He's one of the generals in the faith. John G. Lake talked about how one time he went over, he was ministering, I think it was in Africa. And all these different, I think you know malaria is heavy over there. And Gershwin, and I went there, we had to get these malaria shots, all that kind of good stuff. He, he was menacing over there, and the malaria is going around bad, all these different diseases, things like that. And people would touch things and just, I mean, they get stuff and die. Right. And so, you know, they, they he, he said, listen, I'm going to show you the power of God. Yes. He said, take that, all that virus that they had, they had, you know, they were able to get this stuff. And he said, put it in my hand. Yes. Put it in my hand. No, it's going to kill you, Brother Lake. It's going to kill you. Oh, no, just put it in my hand. People are dying. The moment they get around this, they are dropping dead. He said, put it in my hand. They put it in his hand, and the virus died in his hand. He said, check it out now. Look back on the microscope. It's dead. You and I are not defined by the world any more than Jesus Christ was defined by the world. So don't get caught up in that. Y'all got it? All right, now. So, I gave you this statement on Wednesday night. Although many of, God, all of God's people are no longer defined by the world, nor under the curse, nor the power of, the, of darkness, Many people are stuck in evil cycles due to their inability or unwillingness to break bad habits. To break bad habits. Either inability or unwillingness to break bad habits. So what keeps people in cycles are bad habits. Bad habits. Bad associations. Bad traditions. Okay? So we gotta break out of that. Now I, gave, I defined a habit for you, get that on the screen for me please. Uh, I gave you a habit which means this, a settled tendency or usual manner of behavior an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary, involuntary. It's just you do it almost in, just now instinctively. You do it without thinking about it. So that's what a habit is. So how many of y'all know you have habits? Your hand should be, in, should be up in this place. Every one of us have habits. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, we all have habits. Yes, <laughs> sir. So I don't have no habit. Yes, you do have habits. Hopefully you have some good habits. Hopefully you brushed your teeth this morning. If there's a space between you and the person next to you, maybe. You might, have, might not have brushed or... Use proper hygiene. <laughs> okay. So it's nearly or completely involuntary behavior. Okay. Now again, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So you and I can have good habits, but those good habits can be corrupted by evil company or evil communication. Okay, I'll get into that even more uh, coming up when we talk about associations. Some of us don't realize we're hanging around the wrong people. We're fellowshipping with the wrong people, and because of that, we're stuck in cycles of failure. And so, sometimes our lightning-fast minds don't catch on, don't make the correlation. Holy Ghost is going to help us with that. All right? So we don't want our good habits corrupted. Okay? Good habits will produce good results. Is that right? Bad habits will produce bad results. That makes sense, okay? So all of us have habits. Eating, sleeping habits, financial habits, uh, parenting habits, relational habits, spiritual habits. We all have habits. Okay? And we want to make sure we get rid of all the bad habits which keep producing the bad results. Now, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. My life is the sum total of my own habits. My life is the sum total of my own habits. Sum total means when you total all the sums up. You sum up this area, you sum up this area, sum up this area. The sum total of my own habits. My life is the sum total of my own habits. How many of y'all believe that? We just said bad habits produce bad results. Good habits produce good results. We're talking about results in our own lives. So my life Mm -hmm. is the sum total of my own habits. If you if you don't have the form or figure you want right now, you're not at the uh, weight you want right you want to be at right now. That's the su- that's the total, or the, should I say the sum, of your eating habits and your exercise habits. Well, lack thereof is a habit. It, you can have a bad habit of sitting. Oversleeping, not moving. That's, it's a habit. It's something that you do now um, nearly or completely involuntarily. You just, you just flopping on the sofa. Just as soon as you can flopping on the sofa. It's a habit. Everybody says it's a habit. If, if financially, you are not where you want to be right now. It's a sum of your financial habits, your saving habits, your spending habits, your sewing habits. Your spending habits, your saving habits, your your sewing habits. Those are three areas that everybody has to participate in. What about people in the world? They do the same three. In the world, they spend, they save, and they sew. They make their sewing is called investments. 401Ks, stocks and bonds, mutual funds. It's still sowing, yeah. buying a business, buying real estate. That's, it's sowing. Right. It's putting something out, expecting a, a, a harvest in return. Right. Got it? Yes, so where, where you and I are financially, you may not like it today, but where we are financially is a sum of our spending, yes. saving, yes. and sowing habits. If we, in other words, if I have plenty in store, I have a good habit of saving and sewing or, or investing. Right. But if I don't have anything, I have a bad habit of spending. You can have good spending habits. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to use Katrish. Trish. Katrice. Patrice, Katish, all of them. I've, I've heard her, her theory, her uh, practical theory on spending. Her, her mindset on spending is, I don't spend, let's say you're going to buy a $500 purse. She said, I'm not going to buy that $500 purse unless I also have another $500. In other words, I got to have two 500s before I spend one of the five hundred. I'm not gonna buy a hundred-dollar pair of shoes if I don't have another hundred dollars that, that I can save somewhere. Am I right about it? Oh, triple now. Now she's triple. So okay. So in other words, I'm only gonna spend one third. If I want to spend five, I gotta have fifteen hundred. And that girl's got plenty of money. I was just gonna tell you, that girl's got plenty of money. And she's single too. Plenty of money. Hey, she's single with plenty of money. she got her own money. Some of y'all just chewing inside of your lip and everything. What I'm just saying is, remember now, you can't get upset about anybody else. You have to look at yourself. And the thing about it is, once you see it, you can change it. And it's never too late. It's never too late. You got 70, 80, 90, 120 more years if you want to on this planet. If you want to, if you got them, if you want them, you can have 120 more years on this planet. I don't think I have any, anybody here at 80, 70 in this room, right? So that means you got at least another 120 years left on this planet if you want. I mean, let's just talk about it. How many of us were taught when you, were, when you got your first job some wise person came to you and said, hey, listen, listen, young buck, if I were you, take at least $25 out of every check. Only when you were 14, 15, 16, first started working at Publix, first got your little job at McDonald's, they said, hey, take $25 out of every paycheck and put it in savings. And you're like, oh, that's a good idea. And just, we just didn't do it. They told us. We said, no, but the mall was calling, the mall was calling. Just to get on the bus and go to the mall back in the day. I remember, y'all remember that. Get on the bus and go to the... Kids today, they won't get on the bus and go to the mall. didn't even ride now. But back in the day, we used to get on the bus and go to the mall. Some of, you, none of y'all remember that. We used to get on the bus and go to the mall. Now they, now they too cute to get on a the bus. They need a ride. what would happen if we had developed that habit? And the light said amen. So my life, I'll I, I move past this because i not like it. My life is the sum total of my own habits. That's important. Now I've shared with you about my, your life being the sum total of your words, your confession. Right? but your confession always, your confession comes out of your heart, so do your habits. Your habits come out of your heart. Okay? So it's it's one thing to confess something, but if you don't have a habit that matches, you're just shooting off at the mouth. So in reality, not only is my life a sum total of what I've been confessing, It's a sum total of what I've been doing. So if I, all right. Every habit, I gave you this Wednesday night, every habit is a scattered seed that produces immediate and or future fruit. Every habit that I have is a scattered seed. Not just seed, it's a scattered seed. When you do something, you are, you are sowing seed. Everything you do is a seed. Right. Brush your teeth is a seed. <laughs> right? It's going to produce. And how, how, how well or how effectively you do that, how often. is a seed. It's going to produce something. Yeah. Good or bad. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help your people receive this today. Yes. All right. Let's dig in a little deeper here. Okay, I told you Wednesday night about this. Our behavior is driven by our subconscious mind, something we call our belief system. Right, yes. Remember the scripture in Proverbs 23, verse 7, which says, As that man or as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think in your heart, your inner man, as you think in your heart, so are you. You are. What you think, right? Remember, we first, first, Corinthians 13, Paul said, When I was a child, thought as a child, understood as a child, I spoke as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. So, I, in other words, Paul's saying, I had childish habits right, right. Yes, because I was a child. Oh my God, yes. Got it? So Your subconscious mind or your belief system, he said, I understood, thought as a child, it drives your behavior. In fact, 80% or more of your daily activity is controlled by your subconscious mind. I got a resident psychologist in the building. James, am I hitting on point here? About 80% of your daily activities are controlled by your subconscious mind. That means things you're not thinking about it. it is involuntary. You just do it. Just like you signed your signature, just like you drove to, to church this morning. You didn't think about it. You didn't think, okay, I'm going to turn down 9th Street or I'm going to turn down 34th Street. I'm going to turn down this. You, weren't, you didn't think about it. You just got in your car and you set, you set your endpoint in here. You set your endpoint to the church and your inner man took over. Y'all, I'm gonna help y'all. Cause some, y'all going to sleep, but one's sleeping or one you to be listening. You, 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 you set your endpoint the same way you set your GPS. You, you plug, you program an endpoint in there. Then it maps you where you want to go. When you on the inside set your endpoint. In other words, uh, if I set uh, I want to, um, uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I want to lose fifty pounds. That's too much. Okay. You don't like that. Okay. Let's say I. Let me just go back to this one. Tomorrow you're gonna to get in your car and say I'm or not tomorrow Tuesday. I'm going to work. How many have to go to work Tuesday? Okay. And you drive a car. You drive. You don't take the buses. You don't take a train. You don't take a plane. You take a okay. You drive. Okay. So you're gonna get in your car and set your endpoint to work. At that point, autopilot takes over. Your inner man is your autopilot. It takes over and it drives you to work. You don't drive to work. Your inner man drives you to work. You'll be on the phone. You'll be uh, listening to music. You'll be doing doing your makeup still on your way to work. Luwanda, right? You still, but the inner man is getting you to work. Because your, your daily activity, 80% of it, is controlled by your subconscious mind. So the things, you, your habits are controlled by your subconscious mind. Y'all hear me in this. This is easy. This ain't deep, y'all. This is real, this is real easy. I'll give you an example. My wife, my wife, since we will we, we'll be married 19 years tomorrow, okay? All right. Now, since, since we got married, right after that first phase where she thought everything I did was cute, uh, that, that's the first little phase. But then, right after that, she start, she start telling me things I needed to change. For example, huh? Oh, I, trust me, you didn't say this stuff right away. There's some, some things you just thought everything I, you know. Or you might not have thought it was cute just insane saying thing. Okay, but once you had the liberty to say things, you, she starts saying, ooh, stop biting your nails. Now, I've been biting my nails since I was, a, I was a little boy. Since I was a little boy, I've been biting my nails. And she says, stop biting your nails. And, and this, was, this was actually before we got married. She said, shouldn't bite your nails. I'm like, okay, okay, I won't bite my nails. But you know, 80% of your activity is controlled by your subconscious mind. So what happened early on, when, I, when I'd be in her presence, because we're just dating, we don't live together, not married, we're just dating, when I got around her, I would consciously, consciously, Avoid batting my nails. But as soon as I left her presence, when my subconscious took back over, I'd go right back to biting my nails. When we were about to get married, we got married in May of, uh, well, obviously May 27, 2000, 2000. all right, and so I, I, I knew, okay, you know, I'm gonna be in a tuxedo, and I'm gonna be dressed all nice, and we're gonna take pictures, and they always do these pictures right here, right? You ever You know, everybody has to take this picture. And I said, well, I know we take this picture. I don't want my nails looking raggedy. Right. Right. So I, I set out on a, on a course to not bite my nails so I can have my nails looking good when we take this picture. So what happened? When we got married, you go back and look at our pictures, and my nails looked good when we took that picture. But as soon as the wedding was over, See, now what's happening? I'm working consciously to not do that. But I didn't, I didn't work consciously long enough to break the habit. I only paused the habit. I'm not talking about pausing bad habits. I'm talking about breaking bad habits. So I paused it enough for, because my only motivation was the picture. Somebody better listen to me. My only motivation was the picture. My motivation wasn't to have genuinely just healthy nails, long, you know, longevity and all that. That wasn't my motivation. So your motivation has a lot to do with how you work to break that habit. The Bible says it this way the Bible says, a hungry man's belly will drive him on. If you got the, ro- the right motivation, it'll push you. So when, when you say, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, stop spending, I'm going to change my spending habits because I'm trying to save for a new wig. What happens? Well, some of these wigs aren't, are not, you know. When I heard these galaxies and all that kind of stuff, yes.
1: well, that's not a way, that's hair, but there's
0: people paying $1,000 for that now. Yes, okay. So, if I'm going to save for that, well, as soon as you get it, you go back. Yes. See, so we, we have to look at okay, what, what's my motivation? And is the motivation deep enough where it begins to change that inner man and not, that, not just that 20% conscious. And many times we're trying to get our lives changed on the 20%. Remember what I said, your subconscious controls 80% of what you do every day. Am I, am I this all right? This, this is Ivy League Church, right? Y'all can handle this? Pastor, I don't want to talk about no, no psychology. I'm trying to explain you to you. Because if I can explain you to you, then, then you can help you change you. Why, why do I keep every year in the same situation? I'm trying to explain. seems like every time I get ahead, all of a sudden something happens and I fall back. It ain't something happening. It's you. It's you. I mean, it's, it's the same, same thing, Barbara. With us, we're going we're gonna to lose weight and we go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Why do we go up and down, yo-yo, up and down? Why do we go up, up and down, Barbara? It's because we're trying to do it on a 20% and not getting down to the 80% that actually controls everything. Financially, why well, I'm up and down? Spiritually, why well, I'm up and down? Is because you get the twenty percent. We have a conference, and I got my twenty percent conference hype. Woo, Pastor Derber preached that word. Woo, you you off, you on the twenty percent, but didn't spend time to get down to the inner man of your heart to get the eighty percent realigned. So once the hype wears off, you go back to your regular habits. I'm explaining the cycles. It works in your physical life. It works in your financial life. It works in your spiritual life. It works in your emotional life. It works in relationships. Glory to God. <laughs> I gave you the scripture, or I, I quoted it here, but it's in, for your reference, in 1 Peter 3, 4, where the Holy Ghost calls that 80% the hidden man of the heart. In the King James, it used the hidden man of the heart. King, New King James is called the person. So, notice, go, go back. Get, can you give me verse uh, 3 on this? Y'all have time for verse 3? Go to verse one. That way three or four makes sense. Go to verse one. Likewise, ye wives, wait, maybe now we should have started. Okay, I'm going to read it because it's in the Bible. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word, you got some husband who's some unbeliever. Now, if he's not a believer, don't marry him. But if, if you're already married to him, y'all didn't say anything yes, with that. Sir. I said, if he's not a believer, just don't marry him. Right. Right. Don't even put yourself in this situation here. Right. But if you're already married, he says, they also may without the word, without them knowing the word, be won by the conversation. Yes. That word conversation means lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So that unbelieving husband, or we could also flip it, unbelieving wife, right. may be won by your lifestyle. You nagging is not going to win them. You beat them over the head with a skillet. I'm talking about the word. Skillet is not going to win them. They may, without the word, be won by your conversation. By that word, conversation means your lifestyle. Now watch. You're going to deal with their lifestyle. Verse 2, please. Verse 2. While they behold your chast conversation. While that unbelieving one looks at, watches your uh, chast, your discreet lifestyle. Coupled with fear or reverence, verse three, whose adorning—he's talking to the wife still—let it not be that outward adorning, the of plaiting the hair and of wearing gold or of putting on all of apparel. Now, a lot of churches, Pentecostal, I grew, I grew up in, they say, "Boy, you can't put on no earrings, no makeup. You can't you can't plait your hair. You can't do nothing." It's just that's how they taught us. But that's not what he's mean. He's talking about that. That's not the focus here. What they were doing, they were putting all kind of jangling stuff in their hair, and I mean, they they doing all kind of stuff. So that's that's not what he's talking about here. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Put on some apparel. Yes, Put on some nice clothes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your unbelieving husband, I'm gonna talk to y'all. Your unbelieving husband ain't impressed by your flannel. Ain't impressed by your you you wearing his his you know t-shirt. Put on some clothes, baby. I'm, I'm just going to wear your pajamas, boo. No. His pajamas are made for him. We going out. I'm just throwing some jeans and a t-shirt. No, put on some apparel. But he's saying it's got to go beyond your apparel. They're not, they're not, they don't like this. You. Look, I'm not going to look. Tell me, just tell me. They, they all right? Not good. Okay. I'm, I'm looking over the head right here. Now, so he's dealing with lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. lifestyle. Verse 4. Verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Because that hidden man of the heart is what controls your actual lifestyle. It's that little that person inside you that's actually running everything. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So the inside of you actually controls everything. So he's saying, let that be what comes out. The 80%. Your subconscious man being so changed that they see, wow, okay. That's, that's a different, whole, whole different way of, of living and behaving and acting and doing you understand this? So this hidden man of the heart is what's really controlling you. It's what's really controlling you every single day. It's why you spend the way you spend, why you save the way you save, why you dress the way you dress, why you talk the way you talk, why you walk the way you walk. Uh, 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 Andrea helped me with this. When I, when I was uh, as a young man, I, I, I grew up walking. You know, everybody kind of develops how they walk. You know, you kind of... You know, walk a certain way. You know, I walk like my daddy, probably. You know, when I like 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 that. But when I got to high school, uh, I joined the marching band. My dad would let me play football. He said, "You get in the band." Okay, I'm gonna get in the band. So I got in the band, and we learned every day how to march heel toe, heel toe. So four years straight, Chris, this is how we marched too. And I wasn't, you know, we did that kind of stuff every once in a while, but for normally we were marching heel toe. That's how we marched. So to this day, at 47 years old, you see me walking in the mall, I'm walking heel toe. Why? Because I went through four years of transformation. That's so ingrained in me. Am I right about this, Angie? I guarantee you still march. You still walk, Latoya. You walk. Anybody been in Ben and Man, or in the Marines, or in the Army, or whatever, you probably walk heel toe And if you're walking with somebody, you kind of kind of just how you walk. Okay, we off. Okay, right, right. <laughs> Why? Well, because we learn how to, how to march in rank. You walk in ranks, so you're always adjusting yourself. Just it's 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 involuntarily. It's partially or completely involuntary. It's so ingrained in us from four years of doing it every day. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So to change the inside of you is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be some one-time confession, some one-time prayer, some one-time seed, some one-time saving, some one-time doing something. Some one- no, it's going to take some time and some attention to reprogram that 80% so that now you have a new completely involuntary action. That's why, that's why the Bible, nowhere in the Bible... Does it tell you to try anything? Come on. Come on. Ephesians 5.1. Throw it on the screen. Throw it on the screen. Verse, therefore be the of God as dear children. And verse 2, try, verse 2, and try to walk in love. Oh. <laughs> it just said walk in love. You'll never find any place in scripture where it tells you, hey, try something. It always tells you do it. And yet, many people in the body of Christ approach things like, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try. Pastor, I'm taught on this. I'm going to try this. You ain't going to do it. Because if you're doing it with 20%, it's going to be like me stopping my nails for the picture. You can't. The Bible nowhere, nowhere to tell you, okay, try to live by faith. Try to forgive. But I tried to forgive. I just couldn't forgive. No, you didn't, no, you know, you the problem is you tried. The Bible didn't tell you to try. It didn't tell you didn't say wives, you know, some, try to submit to your own husbands. It didn't say husbands, try to love your own wives. It just said do it. Huh? Y'all so quiet in this Baptist church this morning. It didn't say try it, it said do it. The power comes, the grace comes when you make them in your mind. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to try it. Glory to God. If I go to Longhorn and order me a steak, and they, say, they don't bring it and say try it. Hey, you order it, you pay for it, cuz. Now you can order something different next time, but this one, you paying for this one right here. Right? So when it comes to walking with God and readjusting ourselves, we can't get, be in a trial mode. Right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Well, didn't the Bible, didn't God say when you tithe, try me down here with? He didn't mean try him like, okay, try to see. No, it said try, that word try me literally means test him, put him on trial. Right, right, right. Yes. It don't mean try to tithe. He said, tithe and try him. Put him to the test. You understand? That? You understand the point I'm making? I'm not talking about tithe. I'm talking about the point that we're not here to try stuff, we're here to do things. Because, in the doing, thank you, Holy Ghost, I'm just going to talk. The doing, the doing is important because the doing is reprogramming that 80% on the inside of us. I was thinking this the other day. I, I went, I went in, into my safe. I'm going to just talk to you because they not. I went into my safe. And I got out uh, a stack. Now, it's a stack of fives. When God first started reprogramming my 80%, he, remember I told you how he had me? I saw coins on, on the ground, and he said, pick them up. I'm walking into, it's called a little Greek restaurant on 4th Street. I was walking into the little Greek restaurant, picking up lunch for my family, whoever it was. Picking up lunch, and I'm walking in the back, and there was money on the ground. He said, pick it up. Pick it up." <laughs> and I'm thinking, I ain't picking that up. And all of a sudden, I heard, Joe broke self, because at that time, I'm broke. I'm broke. This only been been about five, six years ago. Broke. Oh, you too big to pick that up. sir. your broke self. That's how the Holy Ghost is talking to me. Pick it up. I said, okay. So I picked it up. I'm to write it down. Okay. Write it down. And then from then on out, just, every, just everywhere I saw change. My wife and I, we were at the mall the other day, was, was that, uh, Thursday night, th- whatever it was, and the other day, she got out of the car, as soon as she gets out of the car, was yeah. oh, is it Michaels? Yeah. Well, Get got out of the car and found what? I don't know, you, she yeah. didn't tell me, oh, you found a penny. She didn't tell me, she found something just took Oh, is this a penny? Okay, it was a penny. And she got down and picked it up. Now I know some of y'all, y'all said diddy, uppity, high-class, rich, overloaded people, you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't do that because you're too, you know, you penny ain't gonna move you. But it's not that the penny was moving her or that the penny was moving me. Is that there, it's, there's a reprogramming going on on that 80%. Y'all better hear me this morning. Because some of us are habitually broke. Y'all don't like that word. Habitually broke. We just have a habit of being broke. And God been telling us for the last few years how to unbreak being broke. How to get unstuck from this cycle. But we too hardy. I'm going to just tell the truth. We too hardy to start with a penny on that ground right there. Penny ain't going to do Nothing. Yeah, you can't go buy shoes with a penny, but there's something going on on the inside of you when you hear God's voice and obey it. And so I started picking up all the little change, everywhere I found change. And all of a sudden, God just began to let me just see change. I began to see change everywhere. Look at that change. I walk and see stuff like buried in the ground. It's like dirty old black coins. I'm like, whoa, nobody saw that? No, I saw that. I saw that. And I start picking up. Shania, wake up. Listen to me. I start picking that stuff up, and then I'd write it down because God's adding to me. He's training me on something. Then he said, all right, I want you to now don't spend any of your dollar bills. You go to the store, use cash. I'm used to swiping. He says, use cash. And every, every time you get a dollar bill, you put it away in a, a way box. You can't do nothing with a dollar bill. It's not what you can do with it. It's what he's doing with you. And I start putting away them little dollar bills. I start putting away them dollar bills. Man, I just it just got just praise the Lord. Praise God. And you look over there, you got these dollar bills, and you know, praise God. I'm all right, because we're at that's how we're so used to being broke. But you look in that box and it's about 20, 30 dollar bills, and then you're like, praise God, we ain't broke. Now it ain't enough to go buy a Porsche, but I ain't broke. See, it's something happening. He's reprogramming me on the inside. He's getting me used to the habit of saving, breaking the habit of spending. Can I give you a scripture here? Don't let me forget where I left off. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse 20 in the King James. Proverbs 21, verse 20 in the King James. It's on the screen right now. Bam, ready, read. There is treasure to be desired and oil, but a spendeth it up. A foolish man keeps spending everything. Give me Proverbs 26, verse 11 in the Passion Translation. Because I said, Lord, what makes this man a fool? Proverbs 26, verse 11 in the Passion Translation. Watch this. What makes somebody a fool? What makes somebody a fool? Proverbs 26, 11. Fools are famous for repeating their errors. So to keep repeating the error makes you a fool. That's the definition of a, a classic fool. So we know a fool spins it up. So what God was doing with me, we, he, when he went from me just f- picking up, finding pennies and nickels, I told you one time I'm, I'm in the, uh, Hartsville International Airport, Atlanta. Big old airport. And I'm sitting there, and I look down, there's a penny on the ground. He said, pick it up. Oh, Lord, not here. There's people all around it? Oh, God, pick it up. I had to bend down. Well, I didn't bend. I kind of did this. I had to pick it up. Why? Because God's doing something. He's teaching me something. So then he said, go from that to, I still do that to this day. Oh, my God. I love when I, go, I get that. We had to go buy a corn machine. Because now we just, that's just what we do we, Hundreds of dollars in coins See you, you, you look at me like I'm crazy But see when your tire goes flat Or your, your tire go bald and it blows out You got to go swipe on your credit card Or go buy your Maypop I ain't got to do that I can go right there to that remember that All them coins Preach about something else No you too broke for me to preach about something else So he said, "Okay, I want you to now start saving all them dollars. You spend, use cash, so you can accumulate dollars. So I start. We start doing that. Now we. That's all. Hey, so, so, so. That's how. We, that's what we so. So collected. So, so, so. And what was good? To look up, and you got 30 dollars, or you got fifty dollars, you got 100 hundred, you got two hundred. I mean, I think last count we had 700 dollars in one sitting there in the box. It's nice deep when you can walk by, pop the box open, look, look at that." We're not broke. Come on. But no, what you're gonna do is you're gonna spend everything, cause I deserve it. It's my money. I got a right. And you are habitually broke. Habitually broke. Can't even make it to the next paycheck. My God. Then he said to me, "I'm moving you up. I want you to start putting away your fives. Now you know, I'm like, hey, fives now. You know, you can do something with a five. You can go to Checkers. You can get four for three fifty. You can get a five dollar big box at Taco Bell. You can go to five and below and buy something with a five. Now, the five, you start getting into a little more serious business here. And, you know, it's you no, know, put, your, put, your, put your fives away. Put your fives away. Okay, all right, Lord. So I'm, I'm putting, we start putting the fives. I start putting them away, because the Lord didn't tell her that, and I didn't put that on her. No, he didn't, because she still spends her fives, except, except the fact I start buying fives off of her. I go to the house. Who got fives? Y'all got fives? Hey, you got fives? I start buying fives. I'm selling a book about the fool not spending it all. But see, if I don't train my, uh, God, if I don't allow God to train me like that, then I'll keep—I'll be the fool who keep repeating my same error. And I look up next month, and I don't have anything. Next week, and I don't have anything. I, something comes up, and I don't have it. So he start getting this in the fives. And I remember last year, boy, last year, because my wife and I got a hankering—we're gonna—we're going gonna, to gonna, gonna, we going we going because we believe in God for you know some new vehicles. So the way you get new vehicles is you sew vehicles. Or oh, you sew into other people's vehicles, whatever. But we're gonna, hey, we gonna sew. Ve- we we've been sewing into other people's vehicles, but we're gonna sew whole vehicles. Right. So, Oscar, one day I show up at the auction. There's Oscar and Angie and Chris out there. They they going they buying a car, and I'm buying a car too. Huh? That was that one. What was the first one? We did that with five. Show sure did. Yeah, you went. To that's the right. You forgot about that. No, I didn't take those there. You didn't take Uh uh-uh. the, Yeah, I took I took those to the bank. Yeah. So that was right. right. That's second car. That was the second second. Well, the third car we sold. But with the fives, I was the, the first car we sold was uh, we, we bought a Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. To give. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Not to drive. To on, give. Sir. Took fives to the bank. <laughs> $3,000 worth of fives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut up. What you say? Yes. Yeah. 3000 worth of fives. Yeah. Remember, we were in Las Vegas, we saw they had them silver suitcases. Yeah, we, saw we said, yeah. no, that wasn't We were in Honolulu. And we said, we're going to buy one of them. One day, we're going to get them silver, you know them silver suitcases we got to put up. Because we all believe in God to sow a million dollar seed. We said, we're going to sow a million dollar seed one day and we're going to bring it in a suitcase. Cash. I ain't asking ask for your approval. I'm just telling you this. What we're going to do, that's what's in our heart because we love the kingdom of God. So then, so then this next time. Let me go to this next time. So we're going, and I go to the auction there, and I'm gonna find a car. I'm trying to find some little nice car, cause I'm, I'm gonna bless. We're gonna bless somebody with a car. And this time, I, I got a whole big old bag full of fives, and I'm nervous, boy. I'm so nervous. that I'm walking through there. And I had to leave him in the car while I went, we go to auction, We'd bid, bid. So I found a car, bought a car. Thank God for God setting up Oscar and Angie, them to be there that day, because one of them ended up driving, Oscar ended up driving a car home for me. Because I didn't take nobody with me, I'm just going to buy the truck. And, and God just did that, because he likes me. I'm doing his business. And so I go up there, and, and I'm like, man, I got to go out to the car, I got to old stuff. But this time, it was only like $1,300 or whatever. But it was all fives. Come on. Now, until it was time to, time to sew that, in other words, buying a car to sew it, until it was time to do that, it's, it was just good to know, psh, I got them fives sitting there. That's right. That's right. I'm not broke. Right. We're not broke. Right. If there's an emergency, we can cover it. Right. Now, what that meant was, Along the way, we had to back up off of our spending. We had to back up off of our, all of our consuming. But that's what this stuff does. And, and it's reprogramming that, the real you. So you're not just doing something for a day or a week or a month. It becomes now our conversation, it's our lifestyle. Such that to the point that even though at last year we did that, we look back, man, it's, 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 I ain't gonna tell y'all, it's way back up there again in fives. Come on, that's In just fives. I ain't gonna tell you about the other, other stuff, I'm talking about just the fives. Come on, Reprogramming, sir. Some of y'all jealous and you, you mad. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up with Katrish. See, this kind of training is such that when money comes in our hand, oh, somebody sold something, we don't go, oh, man, I can go buy something. No, we go, put it away, because God's got to show us what to do. And most times, my wife already told you, or I told you all this Wednesday night, we came in this year, I need you all to sow like crazy. I told you. I'm gonna say it again because I ain't scared. And, you know, we were in a $1,000 rut right. Right. where we were at a time, he's talking about you, what you saw him. Listen, I ain't trying to say this oppress you, but see, if you, if you, I'm only saying these numbers so you understand you can do that. Right. And, and, and that we're not, because we were broke. Oh my God. And we're not teaching anything that we're not doing. Paul was teaching on tongues. He said, but I pray in tongues more than all y'all. So if I said that, y'all would be, oh, praise God. So when I say, talk about sowing, I'm going to say, I sow more than all y'all. You're not going to beat us giving. That's right, you got to have something to follow. That's exactly right. So we suck at $1,000 rut. So on, you can sew that. and You cannot think about it because you get, you got it. You got you've been saving it for that for this purpose. Then he came in this year, said, "Sew 5,000. <sighs> he So you know what I did? I sold a thousand right away. I did, didn't I? I said, "Take a thousand right away," because <laughs> it, it's a challenge. It's a stretch. Said no, so 5,000. All right, we, we got to, okay, God, here comes another wow. 4,000. Boom, there we go. Let's sell it out. That's right. No, I can, I can just tell you this without any reservation. Uh, in the first four months of the year, we sold more than twice that. That 80% is our sowers. The 80% on the inside of us, we're, we're inclined to sow now. Before we're spenders, before we're savers, we're inclined to sow. That's why I know I never be broke. Never be broke. I got too much seed out there to never be broke. I'm going to tell you something, boy. Oh, that, yeah, that ain't, ain't my tithe. No, no, that's, I'm not, that's not even tithe. That's not even regular offering. No. That's okay. above right. our tithes and offerings. Yes, sir. Above yes, sir. our partnerships. That's <laughs> right. Come on. Come on, sir. <laughs> people, little people giving them money. I won't, won't. You see me going and buy stuff with your money? No. It's going out. We send it somewhere else. Hey. We trying to so we trying to get it. God. I told y'all, God told me, get it, get it on everything. Somebody believe in God, get on. I, I sent we sent money over to a, 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 a who was it? it was them. Oh, International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Boom, became partners last week. Just everywhere, just everywhere. That's the eighty percent. I'm not saying that to be big. I'm saying that to say. It took time to change that such that now we have no fear of ever being broke because we realize he's always left us a seed. Because the 80% says so, the 80% says so, the 80% says so, he keeps giving seed to the sower. We believe in God. We you know, we just got in this mode about about uh we're gonna be sowers. We're gonna be sowers. We're gonna we're gonna sow cars. We still believe in God for for our vehicles, those new ones. We thank God for the ones we have. We believe in God. So we're we're believing to be sowers. So one day I'm sitting at home and I get a I get a uh knock on the door, I think it was a knock on the door, a phone, it was a knock on the door, knock on the door, and here comes uh friends, Tyrone and Joya. They walk up, boom, 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 hey, how you doing? I'm like, what y'all doing here? Normally when they, he shows it like that, I'm thinking you're going to wash the car. I'm like, man, I don't have time to wash the car today. Praise the Lord. That was on a Sunday, wasn't it? No, it was a Monday. It was a Monday? Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we came to sew our vehicle into you. Come on. Yeah. Gonna yes. Come on. I'm going to tell it. We came, we're going to sow our vehicle into you. Really? You're going to sew your vehicle? Praise the Lord. All right. Praise God. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a, our fourth debt-free vehicle we've received. But remember, we've already sown five. And immediately then that comes, praise God. I, we got a 17-year-old daughter who's about to get our license. She, she, we, we need her to start driving in a minute because she's she changing campuses in college and everything. We're like, okay, we're going to be driving. We ain't going to be driving all over town. So, man, you know, man, that would be a nice car. The Lord said, that ain't her car. That's seed. Oh, that'll save us a lot of money. I mean, you got some car right there. <laughs> Said that's seed. You've been asking for seed. Said that's seed. Now what's happening? That 80%. That's a sower, which is driving us. Boom. All right. Lord, who to give it to? All right. There's it. Shata Hey And he's going to keep doing that He's going to keep giving us cars He's going to keep giving us cars of sow He's going to keep giving us money he, Because of the 80% is a sower Every single day. So we go to a restaurant, to take care of that food, that, that couple. We did it the other day. We just had a, we had us a little quiet little breakfast one day, and boom, little couple behind it, take care of their breakfast. Praise the Lord. All right. Walk out. Don't say nothing. Don't wait on no thank you. Don't even let them know you did it. Just walk on out. Just everywhere you go, just bless people. Just bless people. Just make that 80%. That inner man becomes such a person who wants to bless people. God, God has to keep loading you up. That's right. That 80% is born selfish. That inner man is born just thinking about you. But you got to retrain. You got to push get your mind off yourself. And you become a giver and a soul and you bless people. I'm constantly being trained deep yes, sir. that's a nice bracelet deep match your watch yes, <laughs> everybody ain't able man yes. and you got to constantly be be trained because what I realize is sometimes that that I'm in a situation and that other thing tries to creep back on me and say, hey. you gotta, I'm telling you, you got you to force yourself because I'm talking about habits, y'all. Habits. Talking about habits. Coming to church is a habit. When you read Hebrews 10.25, in the Amplified, it talks about people have, have stopped the habit of, of, a, of a coming together. Reading, I think the CEV, it says, don't get in the habit of not coming together. So you can have a habit of not coming together, or you can have a habit of coming together. So you being here today is out of habit. Huh? Oh, I know. I ain't come out of habit. I came because I want to praise the Lord. Yeah, you have a habit of praising the Lord. That's a good. It's good. It's a good habit. Keep it up. Don't stop that habit. Give me Luke 6. Can I, I'm going to close out. Let me close out. Because I'm way past y'all's time. Luke 6, 37 and 38 in the passage translation. Let me show you something. Luke 6. How many of y'all want to be blessed? How many of y'all want to be blessed in every area of your life? Luke 6, 37 and 38 in the, in the Passion Translation, please. Watch this. Talk about habits here. Changing your habits. Glory to God. It's going to take a minute, Passion Translation. It's, it's kind of weird. Passion, they got to find that. Luke 6, 37 and 38. Oh, praise the Lord. On the wings of eagles... They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If I hold out, everything is gonna be all right. They gonna get this scripture in a minute, Lord. The Bible is right and somebody's wrong. I said, the Bible is right. Jesus said, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. Oh, so you can have a habit of criticizing and judging judging others. Can I I be honest with you and be be very, very frank? I've had to fight that habit a whole lot. You know why? I'm a stickler for grammar, in writing anyway, grammar and punctuation. So I can be reading somebody's book, and my first instinct is I'm checking punctuation, I'm checking grammar, I'm checking. And I was like, stop, okay, stop, 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 stop. Just read, just read, just read. Reading a newspaper article, and I'm, I'm, or I'm watching somebody preach the word. And I start criticizing. Come on, sir. Now y'all don't want to admit this kind of stuff. I start criticizing Or I see somebody coming down the street And they're, they're look, they look a certain way And immediately I, I want to judge I want to criticize A judge, yeah. 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 Nobody else but me I know It's a habit I, I know it's wrong But it's a habit I know y'all women know it because y'all women, somebody can walk in the room and within 30 seconds, you've already checked that other girl up, out head to toe. You know everything. You know what color she had on. Orange and red and purple and green. How did you know all that? It don't take but a second you go over there. Judging and criticizing. But guess what? You can do it in your marriage. You can do it in your relationships. You can do it in your family. You can do it to each other in the church. So he says, Jesus says, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and then you will not be criticized and judged in return. People always criticizing me. Every habit is a seed. So what you have to do is stop criticizing and judging others. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty. That's a habit. And you will not experience guilty accusations against yourself. Here's a good habit, forgive over and over and over and over and over. That's a habit, forgive over and over. Always forgive, always forgive, and you will be forgiven over and over. So forgiveness has to be a habit. Now, you know down in your 80%, you don't want to forgive nobody. You know what you did. You know what you said. You know how you said it. Absolutely, come on. Remember three years ago? I think it was March in, in two thousand, and it was like the third week. And remember, you said something about my mama. You remember that? You had on. You know what you had on. You said it. You were standing right over there by the by the by the counter. You said, said oh, you've been carrying that for three years." Why? Wow, you're eighty percent tells you carry that, carry that, carry that, carry that, carry that. Then you want to be released from a debt. And you can't get anybody to forgive you or release you. So here's a good habit. Forgive over and 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 over. Forgive, forgive. Let's keep the habit going, the good habit going. Verse 38. Here's a habit. Give generously. He's still talking about habits here, right? Isn't he? And generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflow measure that it will not run, that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. So get in the habit of giving and forgiving, giving and forgiving, giving and forgiving. That's my habit, giving and forgiving. And if I give and forgive as a habit, I will habitually receive gifts and forgiveness. Gifts and forgiveness. All right. Here's a statement. You can take a picture of it. You don't have time to write it down. You can watch later and write it down. My belief system regulates my behavior. This is the last thing here. My belief system regulates my behavior. In your body, you have something called the hypothalamus right? Yes. That regulates your body temperature, right. keeps you around 98.6 all the time, right? Uh-huh. Let, let that get off whack and you run a, high or low, okay? So there's something that governs your behavior. It's your belief system. You, my behavior determines my outcome. So if I change what I believe, it'll change how I behave, or would change my habits, then changing my behavior will change what becomes of me. So my life is a sum total of my habits. My habits come from my belief system. If I change what I believe, now how do you change what you believe? It's right here. Joshua 1.8, God told Joshua, Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. So what's the first thing I got to do now? Meditate. Then he said that you may observe to do. So meditation without action, without doing, will not produce results. So my meditation changes my habits. I start believing differently then I start behaving differently. My habits change. My habits change, my lifestyle changes based on what I believe. And then, and then, my outcome changes. He said you'll prosper and have good success. So you want good results, you gotta get good habits. You gotta get good behavior. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about good behavior, good habits. If I habitually eat better, I'll look better and I'll feel better. If I habitually get a good night's sleep, I'll feel better in the morning. Some people have a habit of going to bed with their cell phone in their hand. And can't hardly turn over from sleep because they... And then wake up in the morning and you're, you're listless. You're... You don't have, you hardly have any energy. You hardly have, because you've not rested. That's because you have bad sleeping habits. Change that. Put the cell phone in the drawer. Turn the notifications off. Here's a good thing. Turn the TV off or put it on something that's going to feed your faith. I keep having bad dreams all night. What are you going to sleep on? You got a habit of watching something before you go to bed. That's terrorizing you in the night. Change it. You can't go to sleep with FX on and all those crazy stations with them crazy movies on, all that kind of stuff. No, no. Praise God. I want to have better financial outcome? Change my spending habits, change my saving habits, change my sewing habits. Want my marriage to be better? Nobody said saying anything. Want my marriage to be better? Change how you react. Don't always flip off at the mouth. Give somebody margin, give them room for error. Anger rests in the bosom of a Ooh. fool. So stop being a fool and always been having angry responses. Right. When well, they came at me wrong, well, Proverbs 15 says a soft answer turns away wrath. So make a habit of, re- of bringing a soft answer back. Get that habit going. Don't be in the habit of turning up when they come up. They came at me, I clap back. Y'all clapping back. Turn it up. Hey, soft answer turns away wrath. So get in a habit of a soft answer. Well, that's just me. I know. That's what I'm telling you. That's the problem. It's just you. I know that. That's exactly what I've been preaching for the last two hours. It's your own habits. A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman plucks it down with her own hands. Proverbs 14 and 1. So get in the habit, sweet lips, increase learning. Sweet
1: lips.
0: Just say say sweet lips. lips. See see how you say it? You can't even say sweet lips. You you gotta say sweet lips. (laughs) You can't even say that mean, you gotta sweet lips. Stand to your feet. Come on. Now, listen. You don't need to go lay on anybody's couch, flat on your back, and pay them $125 an hour to tell you what I just told you for free. You don't need a pill. To do what I just told you for free, but Doc, I don't understand why my life keeps going like this. I keep going. Blah, 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 blah. I just told you it's bad habits. Well, why do I, I don't know why I have this bad habit? Because you got a bad eighty percent. Fix the eighty percent fix the hidden man of the heart. That's why God didn't tell Joshua, read my word every so often. He said, meditate it day and night. It's going to take time. It's going to take attention. And then you'll prosper and have good success. He said, you'll make your way prosperous. So this this is really talking about any way Go. Now, there's some scriptures I left out I didn't, I didn't give you. But let me just summarize a couple of them. One talked about your professional work habits. Professional work habits. That means if you own a business or you have a career, you can't just say, oh, the blessing is working in my life. The blessing is meant to, to accelerate what you're doing. And it will. The blessing of the Lord will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. It's meant to bless and enhance what you do, but you can't have unprofessional work habits and think what a blessing will make up for all that. You can't be lazy, can't be late, can't be insubordinate, can't be uh, a liar to your clients. Not organized, unclean, and think well. But my faith is going. No, your faith ain't going. No, 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 no. You got to develop professional work habits. Faith and grace and the kingdom and the blessing don't get you off the hook for being, for having good habits. Laziness is a habit. turning on hinges. The Bible talked about that. Like a door turn on its hinges, you flip on one, you, it's time to get up and you flip over. <laughs> flip get, It's time to get up and you flip over. God had to get on me. I had a, you know, my habit was I get up at 7 o'clock and I go pray and, and read the word and meditate and sing and praise God, you know, to a a degree I was doing that, and uh, I began to see, all right, well, it's 7, hit, you know, turn over, look up at 730, Uh uh-oh, praise God, then it's 8 o'clock, oh man, and I mean, I was, you know, you try to do it, my 20% was every once in a while, but my 80% was doing this, and you know what God told me, I got something for you, get up at six. God, I'm a night person. I'm a night person. Get up at six. Okay. So, my, you know, my thought was, okay, I'm going to start this, like, okay, come May 1st, you know, or June 1st, I'm going to start. Boom, boom. Next morning, boom, six o'clock. Yes, sir. And nonstop since then, just, okay, six o'clock. Okay. Why? Because... He's reprogramming me. I'm waiting on day he says five. And I know it's going to happen. He's going to say five one day. It's going to come. He's going to say four. I know it's, it's a constant reprogramming because the higher you go, the more you go in God, the more he requires of you. Not, not, not religion. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about staying in his presence. Staying... Locked up with him. Hallelujah. He's reprogramming me. So we break bad habits. We break bad habits. We can get some good outcomes in our lives. Father, I just want to say thank you today for um, all you've said to us. You've laid some pretty heavy things on us today, all day long. And we know that it's only because you love us. Your word says, whom you love, you correct. Yes. Whom you love, you correct. And we thank you for your correction. Your correction is, is verifiable proof that you love us so much so. We love you back. And so because we love you back, we're willing to be obedient. We're willing, in the day of your power, we're willing, oh God, to, to yield ourselves to you and do what you ask us to do. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are uh, leading us in the way we should go. You're guiding us with your eye. We're thankful, Father, that you are teaching us how to profit. You are helping us to readjust. On the inside to change that hidden man of the heart so that we begin to produce, Lord, the results that you want us to produce. Lord, thank you that, God, we are being transformed into the same image, that image of Christ from glory to glory each and every day. So these things that you're doing, they're part of our transformation process. You told us to, to be not conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So God, today I ask that, God, you help us in this area of renewing our minds to your word. We don't bring the word down to our level. We bring our levels up to the word, God. We don't bring we don't bring your word and the things that you instruct, Lord, down to what we can handle. Lord, we increase our capacity, Lord, to handle, Lord, what your word says. We don't want you to come down. You invite us to come up. You told us to, to forsake our ways and forsake our thoughts because your ways and your thoughts are higher than our ways and higher than our thoughts. So we come up to you, Lord. We come up. We come up come up we come up to the full measure of the stature of Christ the full measure of the stature of Christ God as we I speak by faith that every person in this room begins to make the quality decisions that are required to reprogram that inner man, so that we'll begin to produce real good results in our lives. You said, if the tree is good, the fruit will be good. But if the tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. You said, make the tree good, and the fruit will be good. So God, today we make up in our minds, we're gonna make our trees good. Every tree that you've not planted, we want it plucked up, cut down, laid, the the ax laid to the root, God. Anything in us that's not like you, God, we want it gone out of our lives. We want to be, Lord, perfectly lockstep with you, Lord, conforming to your will and to your way. Now I speak blessing and favor upon your people that, God, your grace will be upon us to help us get it all done. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Give God a great hand of praise if you receive that word today.